Again, good morning. morning. Are you still in a coma from the turkey? How many people like turkey? But I don't get it. We buy a big turkey every year. I mean, we buy like this 18 pound turkey. We went up to West Virginia. We're there with with Buddy and um, Gay and and Gay's brother and family and stuff. We have this giant turkey, and we probably don't even eat a pound of it. I just don't understand it. I mean, we prefer ham. I like a big old, we put a ham on the grill, we cover that thing in honey, and we put some smoked wood chips in there. I mean, it's just great. You know, but I'm, I mean, I would get so sick of turkey. I mean, I mean, turkey leftovers just nonstop. And so, I mean, if you, you really like turkey that much? Does somebody have a good recipe for turkey? Fried. Fried. Okay, I've heard fried's good, but typically I've ever heard, it's always dry. I don't, I, somebody's doing it wrong. I'm not making the turkey. <laughs> so, you know, hey, we're glad you're here. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving. You know, um, you know, it's it's that time of year. You know, I had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, it was one of the first times that we able, I was able to connect with my family back um, in Illinois, and uh, everyone got to talk to everyone and, and FaceTime was a great thing. And even worked up in the in the top of the mountains in West Virginia, and and it was just a great time. Um, killed a couple mice in the cabin. It was just you know a lot of love. It you know we 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 roughed it. This cabin, I mean, I, I watched uh, my entire family scream, and I had to become the catcher of the mice um, and, and stuff. So it was just wonderful um, Bear Grylls experience out in the hills of West Virginia. So we didn't eat them. Oh, do I have video of the mice? No. I was too busy trying to calm everything down. Um, you know, Buddy's jumping on a chair. No, I'm kidding. Buddy was not jumping on a chair. <laughs> don't say that. They're on the plane to India. They don't want to see this, but we won't be rebroadcasting this service. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're so glad. You know, can you, but, you know, it's, it's that time of year. Can you hear it? I mean, can you feel it? You know, there's this buzz in the air. You know, the city sidewalks, the busy sidewalks, they're starting to get dressed in holiday style. And in the air, there's this feeling of Christmas. You see, one of, the, one of the things is that I've realized that being a pastor and one of the work hazards, you're like, what kind of hazard could you have of being a pastor? Sunday comes every week. You know, whether I'm ready or not, Sunday comes. You know, if I, I could get so tied up and so busy all week long. It doesn't matter. I've got to be ready somehow for a sermon on, on, on Sunday. And... Um, And so we have that. And and many of you can relate the same way is, guess what? Tomorrow is Monday, and your work week starts then. I have the rest of the week off because I'm a pastor. We just work Saturday and Sunday. But, you know, know, Monday is going to come. And and some of you may have had some extended time off during this Thanksgiving uh, holiday time. But, yeah, you're going to go back to work tomorrow, and you've still got a list a mile long of things that have got to get done. We're just always so busy. There's always things going on. You know, it's the same here at the church. And by the way, tomorrow, I invite anyone that wants to. We're actually going to do this. I meant to start off with this. We're going to be decorating starting tomorrow the church. We've got an 18-foot Christmas tree coming in, and I think we've got about seven other trees coming in that we want to decorate the building so it's ready for Christmas. If you have time this week and want to volunteer, we would love to have you. We're going to do a devotional time at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Um, We typically do that as part of our staff meeting on Mondays, but I want to invite anybody that wants to come volunteer 
um, tomorrow to come be a part of that devotional time. And we can do, and do a devotional together. And we're going to spend time decorating the, the building tomorrow around 10 o'clock. And uh, you can be, you know, go out there at the Welcome Center or just let me know. And, and we'd be glad to be a part of that. And, um, you know, we need a lot of help because a lot of things get done around the building and outside. And um, someone can join me on the roof because I'm the only one that goes on the roof. And I'm trying to get out of it this year. Um, but, you know, someone can come up there with me and we have a great time duct taping lights to the, seal, to the roof tiles and stuff. So duct tape works great. So, um, so that being said, you know, things are busy. We're always busy and there's just always something going on. You know, and the same thing can be said about how Sunday comes each week for me and Monday comes each week for you. The same thing can be said about that of Christmas. It's going to come December 25th every year. And it's going to take place no matter if we get the lights up, we get the trees decorated, whether we get the cookies baked, whether we get um, the presents wrapped under the tree, all the shopping, getting the cards out, all the, all the stuff that goes along with Christmas, you know. Um, it's all going to come and Christmas will still be here whether we get that done or not. It's, you know, it's all about things like, you know, you realize you have 27 days till Christmas. And, and, and we have to get so many things done, and sometimes we have to ask ourselves, do we even have time for Christmas? Do we have time for what Christmas really is? We certainly make time for what Christmas has become, but do we make time for what Christmas really is? It's like something's trying to get in the way of us remembering that. You see, time, time has become our most valuable currency in our lives. And it seems like we just never have enough of it. We never have enough time. You see, we can be frivolous with our spending this Christmas season, our financial spending. We can go out and buy great gifts for our kids that they'll put aside two days later. Um, or, or, you know, we can go out and, and spend all this stuff financially, and we can go back and earn money to kind of replenish our bank accounts after we spent that money. But yet, when it comes to our time, and we're frivolous with our time, we can't get that back. It just goes. You know, it's, something's always going to try to get in the way of stealing our time. It says someone's trying to keep us so busy that we forget about the important things in life, especially when it comes to Christmas, about the important things that happen for Christmas. I mean, we'll find time, don't get me wrong, we'll find time this Christmas to get the shopping done. I mean, Walmart's made that easy by being open 24 hours. Amazon's made that easy with prime shipping. You can, get it, you can order on Christmas Eve and sometimes get it there Christmas Day. Uh, it's just crazy. So we can get the shopping done. We can get the decorations on the tree, and we can get the cookies baked. By the way, I like sugar cookies that are the decorate, cut out like the little shapes of Christmas with uh, icing on them. Um, and, you know, when you come in and help us decorate this week, you can bring them in. And I'll put them right back in my office. Um, I, your mom already talked to her last night. She's bringing me snickerdoodles. And I put the, the request in every year. Um, so, you know, those are my things. And so you, you have time between now and Christmas to get your Christmas cookies into me. It's, it's all right. Um, you know, we'll find time for those things. We'll find time. But if we aren't careful, though, the Christmas season will come and go. And we'll have been so busy that we'll forget exactly with what the important things are for Christmas. We, we can get so wrapped up and clutter our lives with so many things about Christmas that we forget what Christmas is all about. We can stay so busy. We can get so wrapped up and be, have the, the crowds that we're bumping into while we're shopping get in the way of Christmas. 
We can have the way that we have to travel to different places to celebrate Christmas can get in the way of us really remembering what Christmas is all about. It could be the relationships that we have with our in-laws, with other family members within our home that can get in the way of us forgetting what Christmas is all about. It can be the clutter that comes into our lives and that we miss Christmas completely. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to spend some time uncluttering Christmas and remembering what Christmas is truly all about. You see, it's not found what's underneath the wrapping paper under the trees. It's, it's not found in the Christmas cards we write or the ugly Christmas sweaters we wear or the Christmas pajamas now um, that they have or the socks we wear. It's easy for all of us to end up allowing the clutter of Christmas to get in the way. And so, it's time for us to step back and take time to remember what Christmas is about. By the way, if you're on the Salefield staff, um, just we'll give you to let you know because we won't get a time in the staff meeting, we're doing Christmas pajamas for a Christmas party, so it's Christmas onesies. So um, can't wait to see Buddy in the onesie um, and, and, and that. So uh, it'll, be, it'll be good. Um, but, you know, that stuff can get in the way of Christmas. It's busyness. So many things can get in the way of, of what's important, and we allow it to steal our time. I want us to take a look today at the Christmas story and realizing that what if the people in the Christmas story didn't take the time for Christmas to even happen? What would it look like? I mean, let's take Joseph, for instance. What if he would have said, I don't have time to go to Bethlehem. I don't have time to to partake in this census or pay these taxes to Caesar, Augustus? I've got roofs to build. I've got, I've got cabinets to, to, to finish. I've got all these things I need to get done. And besides, I don't have time to deal with Mary. She's pregnant and the child's not even mine. I don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. You know, and, and what would have happened? if he would have said that he was going to do away with Mary and her unborn child because it wasn't his after all? What if Mary would have said, I'm too young to have a child, and besides, I'm not even married. This child will take up too much of my time. And she decided not even to give birth to Jesus. What if God said this, send my son to earth? Are you kidding me? Why should I do that? Sure, I could send him and he could be the savior to these people here on earth, but they don't give me the time of day. So why should I give them time back? Time back for all of eternity. What if that was the message of Christmas? You know, I'm so grateful though that this just isn't the case. That this isn't the case when it came to the busy lives of Joseph and Mary and to all the things that God deals with that he wasn't too busy to give us Christmas. You see, Christmas is about a God that took the time and came at the right time because he knows we need him. He came to be the perfect Christmas gift. God made time for them then and God continues to make time for us now. He isn't too busy for us yet. And never will be. 
But yet we tend to be very busy for him. We tend to get lost all year long, and even at Christmas time, we get so lost from the real meaning of what this time of year brings to us. We get lost with the busyness which makes us lose hope. You see, this season is the essence of, a, of us having hope born for all of us. We need to ask ourselves, are we going to be willing to take the time to unclutter our lives this Christmas so we can rediscover the meaning and purpose behind it? You see, we've been given a Savior, but we need to take time for him. The prophet Isaiah says this in Isaiah 9, 6. He says, for, uh, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. The prophet talks about this Christmas gift that was going to come for us to bring us hope, to bring us comfort, to be with us forever, and to bring us peace. But yet, we tend to push it off to the side. We tend to forget and push the meaning of Christmas to the side and get so focused and wrapped up on the Black Friday deals and the Cyber Monday deals and making sure that we've got the tree, the perfect tree picked out, that we get so wrapped up worrying about those things that we miss what Christmas is about. In preparing for this week's message, I, I like to go through and I like to read other pastors' sermons on the topic of, that I'm trying to go through to kind of help spark ideas, and, and then I study the scriptures and stuff. But I came across this, this, this message that was written by a pastor. His name was Rick Azell, and I love what he wrote when it comes to a little bit of the time and how it relates to the Christmas message and the busyness and the clutter that can happen in our lives. You see, Jesus came to the world. He said, Jesus came to the world that he created, created to a people that had long awaited his arrival. But they didn't have time for him. The people were waiting for Jesus. But they didn't have time for him. They missed it. We are waiting for hope in this world today. And we're missing it. And that's what Christmas is all about. There's a, there's a character in the story of, that we don't even know the, the, the man's name. We just know him as the innkeeper. The innkeeper. He's mentioned in the story of Jesus, but he was so busy, he missed out on who Jesus was. You see, the innkeeper was confronted by a man and his pregnant wife. He turned them away, saying he had no room for them in the inn. He was so busy because of the census taking place that he was so worried about all the other guests that he had. He was filled to capacity. He was making sure that, that you had fresh towels and linens in your room and, and, and making sure that there was water for everyone. He was, he was so busy tied up with the, the fact that these caravans were coming in with all these people and, and their animals and stuff that would travel along with them that, that he had to make room for them in, in different parts of the stables and different areas. And, and so when he was cleaning out stalls, he was, he was making sure that everyone was greeted, that, that he good. He's making sure people had food and, and all these things. And he was going on and on. And when it came to this pregnant man and his, his wife, he had no room for him because he had even given up all the room inside the, the lobby areas. And all that, people were just everywhere. And, and so he was so busy that he didn't recognize the presence of God that was before him 
that was in the womb of that woman there. You know, maybe if he had taken the time, maybe he would have felt the presence of God. Because Jesus was going to be born that night. And so because of all the business and not recognizing that, he had to push them off to a lowly stable for our Savior to be born in a stable out in the cold of night. You know, what he did, the man wasn't evil. He wasn't an evil man. The innkeeper wasn't evil. He wasn't doing anything evil in doing what he was doing. He was just busy. You see, the innkeeper reminds me of, of, you know, it reminds me of so many of us today that we can, can be so consumed with the commotion of Christmas that we miss out on Christ and Christmas. That we can get addicted to the activity, not necessarily a sinful activity, just that we get so addicted that we keep occupied, busy with all these things that are going on. The shopping, the parties, the clutters, the, the preoccupied our day in and day out of how am I going to get this shopping done for my kids? How am I going to do this? I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. I don't have time for the Son of God. We don't have time to put Christ back in Christmas. Standing there in sharp contrast to that of the innkeeper is another character. It's Herod. Now, now, he didn't have time for a savior. Herod, the king of the Jews, was very old. He was very sick and very near death. He was a dying man, tottering on an unstable throne. Like all the... All the things he held tightly, like us, we held tightly to the reins of power and brutally removed. He removed anyone that got in his way. Over the years, he killed his brother-in-law, he killed his mother-in-law, and he killed even his own wife. And the notion of a baby-born king of Jews was a direct threat to his throne. It's no wonder he tried to kill Jesus. In his eyes, he had no choice. It was to be kill or be killed. He didn't have time for another rival. He was ready to kill anyone who was a threat to him, even this tiny, helpless baby. You know, so Herod isn't too much unlike us, many of us, that we don't want to allow anything to interfere with our lives. That we don't want, don't want anything to interfere with, interfere with our career, our position in life, our ambitions, our plans, or our lifestyles. We don't want someone else to be the king of our lives. We don't want to let God take control and allow God-given dreams to be the, the, the center of our focus. We want our ambitions. We want to hold on to those things. Maybe, maybe God's, you know, tried to push you in a different career path, but you're like, I don't want to let go of that. You don't want God there. And so you, you kind of allow that dream to die that God's put in there. You're killing God's dream for you. We're not, no different than Herod. You, you see, we don't want to pledge our allegiance to Jesus because we don't want to give up our lifestyle. We, don't, we think that by following him and surrendering to him completely, we're not going to have the fun that maybe we're having on the outside of that relationship with God. You, we, we don't want to think of something else. You see, then there's this whole group of people that, that, that knew. They, they were the theologians of the day. They had studied the text. They knew what the prophets had mentioned. 
And they, they, they're, the, they're the church people. They know about Jesus coming. And they missed it. Because they were too busy quarreling over what the text said. Too busy with trying to get the pageantry together for a great worship service of God. But yet they missed the point of Jesus we can do the same thing. We can get so wrapped up with the pageantry of Christmas and, and, and sometimes we still, and we know what the purpose behind Christmas is, yet we can still miss out because we're so busy. I remember Christ is in Christmas. We get so busy thinking of the other things that can get in the way. How many of us have not taken the time for the Savior simply because Maybe we don't even care. That maybe it's our own ignorance and stuff that leads to our demise, that, that we don't even realize that we need a Savior. But yet we're walking around in a life feeling hopeless and we don't know where to turn to, but yet the answer's right there before us, but we're, we just take our time and just do away with it. There, there's those of us that procrastinate saying, I know I need Jesus. I know I need him, but I can wait till next Sunday. I can wait till tomorrow. We're procrastinators. Procrastinating, accepting the gift that God gave us on Christmas. Why do we procrastinate? Because we don't want something else to interfere with our life. We think by, by, oh, I've got tomorrow to do it. I can still live my life this way today, but I've got tomorrow. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. I don't mean to be a downer, but we're not guaranteed tomorrow. I don't understand why we wait. I don't understand why we wait. You know, as a pastor, one of my jobs is to go to the hospitals and to visit people in the hospitals. And some of the, some of the very most precious times uh, in the hospital is visiting somebody on their deathbed. And, and it's been in some of those hospital visits that I've been there and I've been able to share Jesus with that person. And they've accepted Jesus at that very last moment of their life. And that's wonderful and it's great. And I, I love that because that's a person that's in heaven and they're not going to hell. But, but why procrastinate your entire life and wait till you're on your deathbed to accept that gift because Jesus has promised life and life abundantly when we accept him. And so why do we procrastinate? That person, while it's a joy and it's wonderful that they accepted Jesus Christ in the last moments of their life, but they missed an entire life of abundance because they waited. They waited and they missed out on the greatest gift at Christmas because they were too busy, allowing the busyness to clutter the story of Christmas. You see, there's a legend that, that said, that there's this legend story that comes out, and it's about this story between <coughs> Satan and his demons. And, and Satan sits on, on his throne and barks out a loud voice. He says, who will go to earth and convince the people not to give their lives to Jesus? One of them stands up and says, I'll go and I'll say there's no heaven. 
Satan protested, saying, that won't work. The conviction of, their, of a better life is too deeply seated in the hearts of men. I'll go, said another. I'll tell them there's no hell. Won't work, Satan thundered. Man's consciences will witness against such mockery. Just then, a dark spirit glided forward. Satan, I'll go. And what will you tell them? I will tell them, answered the spirit, you have plenty of time to trust in Jesus. Tomorrow will be soon enough to give your heart to the Savior. There's no hurry. I'll go and keep them so busy that they miss out on what Christmas was about. That, that Christmas was about a Savior being born into the world that would one day die on a cross for their sins for, so they could have a life in all eternity. I'll keep them so busy. I'll keep them so busy that they're focused on making sure that that tree is just decorated perfectly. That the, all the ornaments are in the right place. Uh, that, that every corner on the boxes of the presents that are wrapped are wrapped with perfection. And that, that every bow measures six inches. And, and that, and that, and that, I'll keep them so focused as they're traveling to different Christmas parties that they're stuck in traffic and they get angry and just disgruntle and they start fighting amongst themselves in the car. And, and I'll keep them so focused on the, the, their destination of where they're going and that the, there's people there that they don't have good relationships with. And so they're, they're worried about running into Uncle Joe and, and, and Aunt Martha, and, and oh my goodness, the in-laws. I'll keep them so busy and wrapped up with those relationships that they'll forget all about what Christmas is about. That's what I'll do. Can you figure out which one Satan sent? He sent the most cunning of all of his minions to come and get in the way of us forgetting what Christmas is all about. Tomorrow isn't soon enough, people. It's time today to remember what Christmas is all about. It's time for us to unclutter our lives with all the busyness that goes on through the holiday season. It's time to spend the next 27 days and then the days after that uncluttering our lives, simplifying in a way that we can remember what Christmas is all about. It's Christ. It's about Jesus. You know, one of the greatest, I think one of my favorite Christmas specials on TV sums this up so perfectly. And it's the Peanuts. Charlie Brown Christmas. You see, Charlie Brown Christmas, it, it, it's that of this blockhead Charlie Brown. And he's trying to discover, rediscover what the meaning and the purpose is behind Christmas. And, and everyone, you know, even they're trying to put together this wonderful Christmas pageant of, of, of the story of Christmas. But yet, even the, his friends, they're getting too tied up and busy with the party of it. 
And, and, and Charlie Brown wasn't good enough to be in any part of it, so they made him the director. And, and, they, and as he tries to organize and get them to be focused around the meaning of Christmas, they keep pushing him away. Schroeder just starts playing the music. They start dancing. The Charlie Brown dance. Snoopy's trying to kiss Lucy. You know, it goes on and on, back and forth. And every time he tries to get them focused back on what Christmas is about, and he starts getting filled with all this angst and depression about Christmas. It comes down to the point of, of them even sending him away to find a Christmas tree. And he goes, and, and he sees all the pop and circumstance with the vine and a Christmas tree. You've got blue trees, pink trees, metal trees, all these different trees out there. But he comes across this lonely little scraggly tree. And when he brings it back, everyone, everyone mocks him for bringing and picking such a terrible tree. It bends over. The needles are falling off. Which, as Charlie Brown looks at it, he gets even a little bit more depressed. And he's like, good grief. What is this all about then? What is Christmas about? And his best friend, Linus, shares these glorious words. And there were, in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them. And they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all my people, to all my people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel and a great multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. That's the meaning of Christmas. It's not about what's under the Christmas tree. It's not what's wrapped up in that package. It's what's wrapped up and lying in a manger for you and me. Emmanuel. God is with us. Emmanuel. God is with us. Let us stand and worship because Emmanuel, God is with us this morning.